0: Hey Scott Yes Adam The hyenas were laughing at me again
1: Oh, because they're chewing on my foot It's painful (laughs) I wish I could help you Coming to you almost live from Pride Rock, this is The Unknown Studio. I'm Scott. I'm Adam. We are your uh, fully human hosts surrounded by
0: talking. It's, it's like a Disney movie. It's exactly like a Disney movie. It is bizarre. Yep. I am terrified
1: and uh, fearing for my life. And a
0: hyena is chewing on your leg. Well, not anymore. Well, we asked them to stop. It's
1: the polite thing to do. They're hungry. What can you do? It's true.
0: Uh, it's great to be back in the studio with you, Scott. Yes. It's
1: been a little while. Well, uh, first of all, because our last episode was recorded backstage at a live breakfast television recording. Yeah, it was a little different. And, uh, well, 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 a little different in the sense that we have done it once before. (laughs) So it was slightly different. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, no, that was well received. I've personally received a couple comments, people who saw us on the show. It was a lot of fun, actually. I
0: love hanging out with Ryan and his crew, the... It's amazing to watch them do television. It's a very hectic sort of morning. In a way, you almost, well, I almost expect, you know, and I think I talked about this on the, on the podcast, is Ryan to just be sitting there in between commercials while someone powders his face. But he's just running around and all the guys are just running around trying to figure this thing out. It's pretty amazing. Agreed. I really enjoyed being there and we'd like to thank them once again
1: for, for having, having us, us on. on. Yeah. We'd, and we would love to do it again. And again. Basically anytime. Yeah. We're available to you. Uh, and then we took a week off because you had a little vacation time.
0: I did. I went, uh, I went to Saskatoon to visit my, uh, my brother and his family. He, they've just had a new baby. His name is actually Scott.
1: Which we had previously uh spoken about on that's the right show.
0: Yeah. yeah and everyone's doing well so i had a nice little time in saskatoon although it did it pissed rain the whole time we were there
1: mm-hmm. i have never seen the city greener than that though it was it was beautiful there you go yeah and now we're back we are back uh because i'm not taking vacation at this time no that, not yet. that will happen later that's right but not immediately so uh we're back onto a hopefully normal schedule for at least the foreseeable future
0: yeah up until i think august is when i go away and then september is when i go away. so you'll have us variously uh, throughout the summer yeah. and and we're really excited about this episode we'll be chatting with
1: and and it's worth noting actually just cutting you right off yeah before please, you introduce please do normally we take a break on the summer yeah but we're not because we are because fools we started late we started late yeah and we want to bring you a full season we do before we take our respective vacation break it wouldn't feel right if we didn't do a full season well Fundamentally, we don't owe you anything, (laughs) listener. Um, We do this show out of really the desire to do it. If we didn't want to, we could stop. This is... And there's nothing you could do to stop us. This is a social contract. Indeed. A
0: very loose
1: one. It's not even a verbal contract, which would be legally binding in Alberta. But we have made no promises. Scott has looked into this, obviously. Uh, (laughs) But... (laughs) <laughs> I I may have made some promises to people that I now legally regret. Damn, That's all I'm saying. Damn. But uh but we continue to do it because we love it. And we love you. That's right.
0: <laughs> anonymous listener. <laughs> Actually, they're not all anonymous. Over the last uh couple episodes we've been doing this this contest. That's true. And uh we've been asking people to guess Scott's uh middle name cuz he goes by Scott C Bourgeois. That's right. And we actually have a few, uh, a few entries to talk about.
1: There were, there were five people who sent in entries. Great. Um, some of them were, were a little of the more mundane variety, actual guesses at what my actual middle name might be. Some of them were a lot more creative.
0: Now, when we were talking about this before we started recording the show, um, the feeling was that the correct answer will undoubtedly not be correct. Yes, And that it does have
1: to work nicely with your last name. That's true. Because... So really as haughty and pretentious as possible. (laughs) Um, Now, I'm not going to say whether any of these entries were close to the mark. I, by the way, still don't actually know Scott's middle name. And, And we're business partners. And you will not find out today because we have chosen what we felt was the funniest answer. Yeah, that's what this show is all about. That's right. And so Daniel... Congratulations! Ooh, Daniel. You have won with the entry of Chatsworth. <laughs> Scott Chatsworth Bourgeois is the best possible answer. Uh, but is it the correct answer? No. Right. But it is the best possible
0: answer. So is Chatsworth even a name? I'm going to look it up. I'm going to see if there's I'm, anyone I'm who's going got to that ass-
1: I assume Daniel made it up. And all the that just makes it more creative as far as I'm
0: concerned. I'm afraid that he did not. Oh. Chatsworth is the name of a house... Set in the heart of the peak district of Derbyshire. <laughs> that makes it even
1: more pretentious as far as I'm concerned.
0: You're basically that's like almost like a lord's name. There you go. Not the Lord's name though. No. Which we will not ever take and in. We, vain. And we we
1: only had the one coupon to give away.
0: Uh that's that's correct.
1: Yeah. So uh, We
0: we may be able to rustle up a few more though. So uh Daniel we'll,
1: we'll, but we will come up with uh with other contests oh, yeah. for those. And yeah. so if you entered this time, and a shout out to Aaron, Karen, Candace, and uh
0: Oh Leah, Leah. There we go. <laughs> That's uh Leah Ella Alcantra. I always say her name incorrectly. I'm sorry, Leah. Uh she actually just moved to uh I believe she moved to Seattle recently. There you go. So. But
1: uh she entered. And uh so better luck next time. Yes. Uh great suggestions, but we went with Daniel this time. But do right. enter again for Oodle Noodle coupons.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And they and they are continue to be a fabulous sponsor of ours. Indeed. Now it is. It is at the time of this recording, the day after the longest day of the year. The the solstice was East yesterday. Summer solstice. And it was a uh, it was a perfect start to the Edmonton summer. Uh, did you do anything special? Uh, I know you were working, but I
1: was at a barbecue, Ooh. a family barbecue. Lovely.
0: And did you guys stay up until the sun was no longer illuminating the sky? Nope. No, because people have
1: children. and Well, and because I had to work in the morning. (laughs) Right, of course. Uh, One thing to note, actually, an interesting segue out of that, uh, one of Anita's cousins, uh, who was at the family barbecues, it was her side, um, is currently working in the Northwest Territories at a diamond mine.
0: Really? Yeah. And it's always bright
1: there. And it is largely always bright there. He mentioned that they get not so much nighttime as the sun dips to the horizon and then the sky turns dark blue and then the sun starts coming back up.
0: I don't know if I could deal with that. He uh, he
1: took the job over the summer. It's uh, kind of a two weeks on, two weeks off sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And he's back for his two weeks right now and uh, enjoying the warmth and the sun because uh, you actually still are wearing like Winter clothes really as far north as he is. Uh, Though he did mention it, it has been nice of late. Yeah. It's still like chilly. I imagine so. I mean they're pretty far north.
0: <laughs> I like to think that it does get warm up there sometimes, but that's because I worry about the people of the Northwest <laughs> Territories.
1: <laughs> but he has mentioned that uh it's been an enjoyable experience working at that diamond mine. Uh, is he mined, is he like not mine. Diamond
0: Mind. That would be amazing. Yeah. Sharp. Yeah. It's got a very sharp mind. Um so what does he do in there? Is he actually like
1: down underground mining? You know what? I honestly don't know specifically what he does. I would uh have... he some sort of some sort of uh I would presume maintenance work. Yeah, like um like fixing machinery yeah. and equipment and stuff. Cool. Um but I'm not 100% certain exactly what he does. That's very cool though. But it's essentially like working in a work camp. Yeah, except it just happens to be at a diamond mine. Mine. <laughs> uh I'm full disclosure. <laughs> okay. I just came off of a full day of work. I'm very tired. Scott is always very tired. And apparently I'm tongue-tied. So uh, I apologize.
0: Yeah, because you've been talking for the last eight hours. Precisely. And here we are talking some more. Now, um, uh, summer is about sunshine, and for some people it's about beaches. And recently, Edmonton City Council uh, was talking about a proposal to create... Well, they they didn't actually want to call it a beach because a beach
1: implies water lapping up onto it. Um so just out of curiosity does that mean that West Edmonton Mall has a beach? I don't in the water park. I does don't, that count as a beach?
0: It could. I mean it depends it doesn't on Doesn't really have sand. It depends on how loose the floor has gotten <laughs> and, and how pebbly it is, but maybe technically it's a it's a Cuz
1: there is water lapping and yeah. that was your criteria here. Yeah. Well, so there are deck chairs,
0: believe it or not, this was actually part of the discussion that took place at City Council. Uh, I don't know how long they talked about it, but is it truly a beach? And so um, David Staples uh, from the Edmonton Journal wrote a column about it and referred to it as a downtown sand park.
1: Downtown Sand Park. <laughs> Which is so stupid. But there, but like, would, what else there we, would be water at this beach. Because the proposal was to put it in Horlack Park, correct? Actually, this one is
0: in Louise McKinney Park. Oh, okay. So there's water, but it's like 50 meters away. So I don't know. But I get, my question is, because city council decided to defer their decision until 2019. And, and Mr. So that it's someone else's problem. So that, basically. yeah, they don't have to deal with it. <laughs> um, and Mr. Staple's contention is that it is a really good idea because it will bring people into the River Valley. And then, you know, that brings up these questions about, is there enough in the River Valley to attract uh, the average Edmontonian?
1: And that was uh, a part of the conversation that I did note was that there were some people who were very much in favor of it because they felt the River Valley is mostly just accessible to people who are sporty. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's got the trails, it's got the hills. You're only really down there to jog or ride your bike or walk your dog. And there's no real reason for everybody to go down there. And I'm not certain I fully agree with that.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure I do I, either. I
1: understand where they're coming from, but I'm not certain I fully agree mm-hmm. with
0: it. it. To me, it seems like, I mean... The purpose of nature is to be active. So, like, do you want me to put a fucking TV down there and some lounge chairs? I don't really get it. The idea that it's not accessible to everyone, I can sort of buy. Because think about people who, who are disabled. They ne- can't necessarily get downstairs or anything like that. Sure. Well, they were I,
1: talking about adding a funicular to downtown. Right.
0: Which I'm also not
1: really so <laughs> Well, I think they scrapped that idea
0: i think they're just scrapping all the bad ideas which is good but but anyway there's we no d- bad ideas in brainstorming <laughs> hey man trust me <laughs> I, I work in advertising i know and i'm usually the one with the terrible ideas um so yeah i'd be really curious to know what you guys think about uh about the uh downtown sand park and <laughs> the quote unquote beach but i mean okay in fairness this is a 1.4 million dollar cost and you know the city's got a whole bunch of projects on the go is this a priority the answer is probably no
1: and well definitely no because they deferred it to 2019
0: yeah so now we don't i don't even know why we're talking about this but uh, because it was topical it was topical it was very topical Um, one of the other stories that came out a few weeks ago that we haven't had the opportunity to chat about was this idea that perhaps uh, Telus Field might be demolished to make way for some kind of residential development. And I wanted to get your take on that, Scott. I mean, uh, certainly we don't have a pro ball team down there anymore. I know the Edmonton uh, prospects do play there, and there's there's some activity. Um, but but what do you think? Do you think that Telus Field should remain where it is?
1: I'm torn. Um, and it's because, on the one hand, it's kind of part of downtown Edmonton. It's been there forever. We, it does have a bit of a story to it, because we have had pro ball teams. And we might again in the future. Yeah. It, obviously, baseball isn't the biggest attraction in Edmonton, because the teams don't tend to last. But at the same time, who knows, maybe in five years that will change. On the other hand, we don't have a pro ball team. <laughs> Uh, the field is empty for most of the year for the yeah. most part. And that land probably could be used for something better. So I'm, I'm kind of torn. I'm, I'm leaning in no particular direction on that.
0: One. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of a, a similar mind. If there's a, if there's a team to play there, I say, let them play there. And yeah. And if it's, you know, if it's not used for part of the year, I'm actually okay with that. Like, you, there's, I'm sure, there's other creative stuff you could do with the space if you really wanted to, um, but this idea that, uh, you know, that we need to build particularly on that site. And there's a lot of vacant land around there that, that they actually use for parking for the ball games. I think if you just get better transit there during game nights, and if there's more residents living down there, that demand would certainly exist. Let's keep Telus Field there. I would love to go to baseball games. I loved going to them when. Uh, uh the cracker cats were here and the trappers i mean it's it's a pretty good inexpensive time uh to spend down in the river valley
1: another reason to go to the river valley
0: there you go we don't need uh we don't need the sand park we just
1: need to keep our baseball diamond yeah <laughs> probably probably that is what we will well, do compromise i'm going to put the compromise out there right now i need to hear this uh we fill the baseball stadium with sand when teams aren't playing there you go problem solved we get our beach and we get our baseball (laughs) that from a sharp diamond mind right there that was amazing (laughs) that
0: was really great there are no bad ideas in brainstorming (laughs) (laughs) wait we were brainstorming shit i didn't even realize it um yeah so so that those are just a few of the issues that have sort of been chatted about at city council um other news that we didn't have a chance to cover was uh pride week actually yeah which was a pretty big i'm proud to say
1: that it was very pridy yeah here in our proud city
0: i haven't actually seen any of the the stats on the parade yet but i know that there were over i think there were over 75 organizations represented uh represented there uh, you know, with floats and such and there had to be tens of thousands of people out on the street. It was it was
1: astonishing in the parade. Uh, alas, I was as I do most weekends at work at the time, but uh I heard that it was very well attended. I've I've seen uh photos from people who were there. It, it looked like a, a wonderful time. Yeah. And it's certainly it's the kind of event I would have made an effort to go to had I been able to. For sure like so many events in our city. <laughs> uh, but uh, I was pleased to hear the kinds of people who, who did make the effort to go out because they could. Um, for example, a number of the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, in fact,
0: wasn't Andrew Ferrance the captain of the Oilers, the parade marshal? Yes, he was. And that was a big deal because it's the first time that an active player... Has participated in
1: a pride parade. I believe. I believe that may be true. He's also part of an organization, and I've just put myself on the spot, and I cannot remember the name of it. So my apologies. Uh, which actively advocates for um, equality seems like the wrong word. Tolerance in the in NHL. sports, it's not just in the NHL, in in pro sports. It's, it's you can play. That's the one. Yeah. Um, and and kind of just in sports in general, but they advocate for uh, for tolerance for no homophobia, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, kudos to him that yeah. he is a, kind of a mucky muck in that organization. Big time, big time. He's actually been hanging out with the mayor a lot. I guess he's
0: also, Andrew Ferrance is a big time environmentalist. Oh, well, there you go. So, uh, so he and Don Iveson are getting along quite well. They might even have something of a bromance uh, brewing, which is, which is fabulous. Um, so just I've got a few of the stats that were published about the Pride Parade by the Huffington Post. Um, They say over 75 colorful floats made their way downtown. um, And something like over 40,000 people attended. I I suspect it was considerably more than that. Considerably more. And it was great also to see the mayor and his family out and a bunch of city councilors, a bunch of provincial politicians. Actually, weren't
1: most of city council in attendance?
0: The ones, yeah, the ones who could be were. Certainly, there. I saw uh, Dave Loken... I think Dave Loken. I saw Ben Henderson, and I saw Andrew Knack, our our buddy Andrew. Andrew yeah. he insisted we call him Andrews. So there you go. We saw Andrew, uh, and Andrew was actually marching with uh, Youth Empowerment Services Support Services, which was very cool. So yeah, I think there were a lot lots of people, and and it was you know one of the things that I noticed this year, which I think is good because you know the purpose or one of the purposes of events like this is to show community acceptance and tolerance of of everybody. Um, is that there were a lot of corporations that, that sponsored this year, including, um, you know, EPCOR, ATB, a lot of banks, actually. TD sponsored Pride Week. So that was very good. I was very pleased to see that. Wonderful, wonderful stuff.
1: It is. We are—I like to think that Edmonton— uh, I have a story. Oh, yes. Um, That's why we have a podcast. There was um, shortly after the, um, the Slave Lake fire— um, the radio station cluster that I work for professionally uh, did a fundraising drive and, and uh, let's gather furniture and clothes and whatever to send people who lost everything uh, to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was great and it was, it was good for the community. And obviously, we touted it a little bit, as, as you do on all of our stations. We talked about it. And we received a phone call. Uh, from a guy who went on an angry screed basically about how we were talking about how you know Edmontonians you know we like to help each other out when when you know when the going gets tough we we reached out and were and were supportive of uh, of our neighbors up in Slave Lake and you know we're just a great community and he just went on this angry tirade about how uh, we're just this backward, hick, hillbilly town full of rednecks and everybody's, you know, try being like gay or something in this city or whatnot. And I was actually kind of put off by it. No kidding. Because I don't see that at all. That's a load of bullshit, actually. And uh, I think that we're uh, overall, I think the majority of people in Edmonton are a very tolerant uh, community. And I'm sure there are outliers. I can't speak to everybody. And yes, absolutely, if you are gay or transgendered or or, uh, part of a visible minority, you probably have had to deal with some intolerance in your life. For sure. Which I, as a white guy, can't relate to. Uh, I apologize. But I would like to think that the majority of the time you don't have to deal with that. And you do deal with people who are... Uh, who are welcoming and friendly and non-judgmental. And so I, I, was, I was kind of off-put by that, uh, by that angry phone call that we received. Because I I did not feel that it was an accurate portrayal of our city. I agree with you. And Do you feel the same, dear listener? Yeah, let us know. If you have had nothing but a crappy time in Edmonton because of your gender or your uh, sexual orientation or the color of your skin, Yeah, let us know. We would like to know about that. Yeah, tell us, two white dudes, because because we don't know about that
0: stuff. But you know what? I, I think there's a ton of evidence that to the contrary of what this this angry listener was telling you, uh, and and in fact at the uh, mayor's pride brunch, um, this young young boy whose name is Ren Kaufman was actually presented. He's he's transgendered. He was presented with a birth certificate that basically that said he was male. And and one of the things that I think is fantastic about this, aside from the fact that the young boy, you know, his, his true identity is now recognized at the government level, is that it got a lot of attention from uh, guys like George Takei and uh, different organizations uh, around gay rights online and transgendered rights, um, you know, talking about how important this is. We are not a backwater in any sense of the word.
1: A lot of people like to say that Alberta is the Texas. Of Canada, that we're the conservative, right-leaning uh, province, full of rednecks and and hateful people, and I don't really think that that's necessarily the case. Certainly not in our major municipal no, centers. No, Edmonton and Calgary are both are both pretty progressive, D- big time. You can tell by the mayors that we've elected, if yes. nothing else. And I think even most rural Albertans are are pretty cool too. I know a number. I have a number of friends who come from rural Alberta. And they have nothing but nice things to say about their time there, even though they prefer to live in the city now. Sure. That's probably more in an amenities and things to do kind yeah. of thing. And I mean, they don't talk about how everybody was an intolerant hillbilly wherever they lived before. So I think that we get unfairly judged, partly because of our provincial yeah, politicians. Big
0: time. We Edmonton, or sorry, Alberta doesn't have a fantastic history of tolerance, but... Uh, Politically, even, but it's gotten much better over the last ten, fifteen
1: years, and I do believe we're not living in the pot haze, <laughs> Shangri La of Vancouver. Well, but uh, we're we should, we're pretty we're doing pretty good for us. We guys. should be so lucky. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> from the province
0: that brought you eugenics comes, you know, um, it's gotten a lot better. It's gotten
1: way better, which uh, I am very proud of as an Albertan. Agreed. We're we're making change from within, yeah, dear listeners. That's how it goes, and that is the best way to make change from within. That was that was one of Scott's daily affirmations,
0: which was fantastic. Um, yeah, so uh, we've got a, a great interview coming up for you. We'll have uh, Kosana Preston on the show, who Scott and I actually know from our Gateway
1: days. We are all former rowers on that leaky deathboat. Yeah, and she's spent
0: uh, quite a bit of her her past few years uh, living and working in Nigeria. So we just, she happens to be in Edmonton this weekend, and we thought, well, why not talk to her about what that experience was like and and figure out if we can't bust some myths. and Some African myths? And find out if maybe she is the reason that so much uh, email spam comes out of Nigeria. It seems like something Kasana would do.
1: We'll so you, find out in a moment. Are you looking for current, relevant, highly specialized digital media instruction you need to seek out? The Guru. Guru Digital Arts College offers intense six-month programs that simulate real-world projects. You'll work in small classes in a casual professional environment and meet industry pros who offer a mentor-style approach to learning. Some institutions make the same claim, but with Guru, you'll develop the confidence to get out and become a part of the digital media community. Come visit us anytime. Check out a class, talk with our instructors, and be part of the Guru experience. For more information, email info at digitalarts.com or call 1-877-429-4878. We should uh, we should take a moment. We should take a moment to talk about some people who uh, we care for deeply.
0: They are special to us and at, at us, and <laughs> they are they are our podcasting sugar daddies. They it's true that's that's exactly correct. Now you've you know you we obviously gave away a, a prize from one of our sponsors, a delicious fantastical prize, and uh, we'd really like to thank Oodle Noodle for supporting us this year. This, that's right. This season
1: uh, they are. Located everywhere. Yeah. For your convenience. Virtually everywhere. Uh, They are probably lurking under your floorboards right now, just cooking up some noodles, waiting for you to make the call. They just want you to be well-fed. And you can call them, because they do deliver to anywhere in the Edmonton area.
0: It's true. Yeah, so check them out at oodlenoodle.ca, and thank you so much for supporting the Edmonton Studio.
1: And of course, we would be remiss. We usually mention them first, but we we decided to just shake things up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The Hogwarts... Of digital media in Edmonton. They are Guru Digital Arts College.
0: Oh, and we love them so much from their Dumbledore esque headmaster on down to their Raven Claw Hufflepuff. That was an adjective and a noun. Um, <laughs> they do. To all of our Harry Potter <laughs> listeners that you've just offended. Yeah, uh, I'm apologize. sorry. I re- really am. And that, that's all of our listeners, by the way. <laughs> Pretty much. But uh, yeah, if you're thinking of uh, changing careers or starting one in the digital arts, uh, video game design, 2D and 3D animation, uh, digital media production illustration and sequential art, Guru is the place to do that.
1: You can uh, hit them up online, gurudigitalarts.com. That's right. Or just uh, wander on down to the historic Mercer building. Yes. Wander on in, say hi, look around, they'll show you around, they're nice guys. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, we look forward
0: to seeing what you're able to do with Guru. Well, we're very excited to welcome an old friend into the Unknown Studio. Yes. Kosanna Preston is joining us.
2: Hello, everybody.
0: Uh, Kosanna, we wanted to have you on the show because you are a world traveler and you've been doing terribly <laughs> interesting things over the last... Certainly more interesting than us. Absolutely. Which is... This is what we've been doing for years. Literally, <laughs> we've sat in this room. Don't ask me how we even got here; it's confusing. But you, you, when I left the U of A, you were still going through school, I believe,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you graduated. You know, two thousand five, two thousand six. Oh, okay, right on.
2: Because Gateway delays
0: your life for years. That's right. So, so Kosana worked with uh, with us at the Gateway. I was your boss for a year, mm-hmm. I think, and Scott was volunteering there and yep. helping us out. And I only ever
1: volunteered there. Some people forget that because of how much I did around there. <laughs> you were always there. But I was only a volunteer mm-hmm. at the Gateway. That's not, not actually only. true. I did get paid to deliver the newspaper. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You were a staffer. And, and you're right.
2: I knew you had a staff position.
1: Not only. Not only. Just mostly.
0: So after you left the U of A, you had a degree in political science, right? Yeah. And what did you do? You actually did something with your degree. You used your degree. To do another degree. <laughs> <laughs> it counts. It does <laughs> count. That, that counts. That actually counts. So, what did you go on? You went on to do your masters.
2: I did my masters. I studied African studies. Okay. You see how niche we get right away. Yeah. You don't use African studies unless you go to really expensive universities, pay international student fees, and do niche degrees. <coughs> when, not, not life advice. Where
0: did you you get your masters in England? No. Yeah, you did. Yeah,
2: at Oxford. Oh wow,
0: fancy! We've got yeah. an Oxford scholar
1: here. <laughs> there you go. I got I have the bachelor's degree. in least. African studies. <laughs> <laughs> she went to the obvious league of schools in the whitest country in the world. I did. To study and to study Africa. Yeah,
2: Where they have an enormous... Oxford will kill me. Where they have an enormous ballroom, which is like the in the roads. If you know who Cecil Rhodes is Zimbabwe, really bad guy. Yeah. Sort of believe black people were less than human, et cetera, et cetera. So they have a big ballroom called the Nelson Mandela Rhodes Ballroom because they've like teamed up to do foundation work. The two foundations have teamed up to do foundation work. All the black students in Oxford could not fill that room.
0: That's really? That's
2: how few, yeah. Wow. They're, they claim they're working on it. I, I don't know enough about it to say one way or the other.
0: Well, <laughs> time will tell, Oxford. You've got your work cut out for you. Um, why African studies? What, what is it that fascinated you about Africa?
2: Oh, God. Uh... I need a better answer to this question. <laughs> uh, oh, is it
0: just I thought it would be cool?
2: <laughs> kind of, but over years of like one thing, I think in high school, we were, did Model UN and we got Zimbabwe and that was cool. And then uh, got to U of A and had a 101 history teacher whose specialization was Zimbabwe. And so he, instead of teaching us colonial history, which is much, 101 is usually just European history. Yeah, right? Yeah. He actually did world history, which was the title of the course. Go just, figure. Uh, I know. We learned about Africa and Asia and like uh, the guy, what's the guy's name from Mongolia? Come on. The horse rider guy.
1: Oh. Genghis Khan?
2: Yeah. There you go. That guy. <laughs> Kubla Khan? There were
1: a couple of those guys. Yeah. There those, some cons. those cons
2: we learned about. Obviously, <laughs> this was a while ago. Uh, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of one of those things where just I kept bumping into Africa and it kept being the coolest part of the day. That's
1: awesome. So, I think that's a great answer. What do you I mean you did? I continued to it?
2: bump into Africa and then did my thesis. And
1: then you purposefully started bumping into
0: Africa.
2: Yeah.
0: And what was your thesis on? Uh,
2: my undergrad.
0: <laughs> 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 you know where that could go. We'll talk about that <laughs> later.
2: My thesis was on um my undergrad thesis was on oil communities, so comparing the Nigerian community, the Ogoni people, who live in River State, to the Lubicon Cree, who live in northern Alberta, uh, so province versus state, um, and looking at how the relationship between the community and the oil company, which was Shell in both cases, yeah, and uh, the government. So, and they're both federal countries, oh, okay. so you have both layers of government. Um, and just looking at how basically they should be talking more closely uh, but what happens is they just talk past each other all the time. Communications people, we all know how this works. Mm-hmm. Sort of, maybe potentially good intentions on both sides, maybe not, depends. But just completely different world, they're talking past each other.
0: So, so when you are studying Africa, you've, you've been working at the Gateway. Were you thinking that like journalism would still be part of what you did? Or were you really, really focused on the more sort of political science angle of the equation?
2: If, if foreign correspondent would have fallen into my lap. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that would have been awesome.
2: I would have totally stayed in journalism. The concept of, like, reporting on cats and trees and working my way up and pitching stories, I was crap at pitching stories. Yeah. If you gave me a story, I would go to, you know, the whole nine yards, but pitching... I just wasn't kind
0: of... I think I agree with you. That's why we probably both work in communications, because <laughs> clients bring their problem to you. Yeah, exactly. I and can I mean,
2: solve problems, but creating it,
0: meh. <laughs> Oh, I can create problems. <laughs> I do it you all do the time. frequently. For myself. It's ridiculous. And for others. <laughs> oh. oh, do you want to talk about something? <laughs> no. <laughs> do we have issues to go into? So, a uh, master's degree from Oxford, uh, studying the relationship, let me see if I got this, between uh, indigenous populations...
2: Yeah, that was undergrad. Oh, okay. That okay. was undergrad. So indigenous populations and how they, basically the relationship between oil companies, uh, government, and the community. It, it happened right. to be indigenous, yeah. You, indigenous because it's not indigenous in Nigeria, but it's a minority. So it sort of amounts to the same thing. You're underrepresented in government, et cetera. Okay, cool. Um, and similar worldviews and that kind of thing. Then master's was African studies. So by the time I left my undergrad, I... I don't know, that was the coolest thing. I'd done African film studies, African history, African dance class. Again, they just were neat. So I figured I'll do more Africa stuff. Wicked. (laughs) And uh, I had, because Nigeria had been the focus, the profs there counseled that you should continue with what you know. So uh, they didn't like the idea of going to Equatorial Guinea. Apparently researchers aren't taken very seriously there. And can be locked up and stuff.
0: That, That would have been horrific.
2: Yeah, so apparently Oxford doesn't have insurance for you if you go there. Oh, so I didn't get okay. to go. That's what it comes down to. Probably a good thing.
0: So Nigeria was your backup. Nigeria was my backup. You didn't, you didn't even actually want to go to Nigeria. <laughs> you wanted to go to Equatorial Guinea.
2: It was the only Spanish-speaking country in Africa, and I'd been to Mexico, so I was like trying to merge the worlds, but it <laughs> failed. But that's okay. Nigeria as a backup is a bit weird. I had a prof sit me down and be like, you know... You've never been to Africa. Nigeria's not really what we call Africa for beginners. <laughs> you're resilient. It's advanced Africa. It's advanced. It's like, you're resilient. You know, you've traveled, but just need to put it out there. Make sure you're aware. And
0: also, uh, because we'll have a photo of you that goes with this post, but if you haven't taken a look at Kosana's photo, she is probably one of the whitest people you've ever seen, at least physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only white, but has brilliant orange hair. So I could see that, uh, you know, advanced Africa might be a... Uh,
1: you would stand out. A little bit.
2: Advanced Africa is the largest black nation in the world. <laughs> 170 million black people with like a smattering of oil white people.
1: And co-sam <laughs> And me. Asking people questions and studying.
2: Yeah, exactly. And they're just confused by me because I don't drive around in tinted glasses and
0: yeah so what was that like? I mean, you're obviously not uh protected by oil money going down yeah, to Nigeria no. to travel, so no. d- was it really uncomfortable?
2: No I think the the uncomfortable was like so if if they see a white person in the street, especially if you're in an open market or not in the rich area of Lagos. I lived in lagos, so which is the commercial capital it used to be the capital so context and uh if you're in an open market or something, people will. Routinely shout out Oimbo, which means white person. So it'll be like you walk down the street full of women selling cloth and be like, hey, Oimbo, welcome to Lagos, welcome to Africa, ah, I love you. Da-da-da. Like, just really excited. And that's okay. But then you get to like the sleazy guys who are like, hey, Oimbo. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it's like you. And then you get the kids. We have you in Canada yeah, too. You're, you're gross. Your voice tone doesn't change,
0: <laughs> it's a universe. <laughs>
2: And the kids like run up and try and poke you and then get really nervous when you see them poking you and run away cuz they're checking if you're real cuz they've wow. probably only seen you on TV. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> So
2: you get noticed, but it's not like that's obviously not a security issue any of that, right? It's
0: more like you just look different yeah. and people want it.
2: And and there's not, I mean, coming from Canada, we're so we don't like to acknowledge difference or we pretend we do formally but informally and socially it's kind of faux pas and we're all supposed to be the same but we're all multicultural and it's that really hard like you're awesome and different but you're not different you know, yeah yeah sort of thing tension right the whole political correctness like and there that that's just that doesn't exist <laughs> there's no concept of racism or any of that really no huh no
0: so what were your first few days there like
2: First few days. Oof. Like getting used to this new place. My first few days were spent sleeping with migraines because I was smacked in the face with 30 degrees and <sighs> 100% humidity. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> and jet lag all at the same time. Oh, my
1: God. It is quite a ways away, and it is in a different climate than you're <laughs> yeah. used to.
2: It's Yeah, it's 30 degrees year-round, and basically the humidity just sort of goes up and down. Or it might vary between, like, 25 and 35
0: does it uh, does it rain very much? Where, yeah, you know? there's rainy seasons. Yeah.
2: So in the south, in the north, you still get rainy seasons, but it's more arid. The south is sort of mangrove rainforest. So dense, quite humid. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. You so, it. did you get over the migraines uh, after a little while there?
2: Yeah. I, yeah. It the first few days when I I used to fly in and out before I moved there, and so the first few days would be you just don't do anything the first couple of days right you just plan that off and sleep when you need to sleep and wow. that's kind of it Wow. and then you get used to it and you go for it and you know you learn how to dress I would never wear any jewelry because anything extra on me just felt like hot and irritable and you know you just sort of transform once you start living there and you have a car you end up doing what you do here which is house to car to office to car to house yeah air conditioned and
1: except instead of avoiding the extreme cold you're actually doing it to avoid the extreme which heat. is
2: actually the same thing at the end of the day pretty much like as much as we complain about the cold they complain about the heat
1: yeah so i have gone on record on this very show, <laughs> saying that I would rather deal with extreme cold in Canada than extreme heat anywhere else in the world.
2: Yeah, because you can always warm up.
1: You can always find a way to get warmer. You can, there comes a point where you can just never escape the heat.
0: Is, does anyone experience sun madness in places like that where they try to like rip their own skin off because they're so hot? Probably did, me.
1: Did you just make <laughs> that up?
0: Yes, that sounds. I, I think sun madness. I've
2: is. been probably as close as you can get. To sun madness <laughs> is literally and, possible. And your hair
0: has always been long, right? Yeah. And thick. Yeah. So that must have been...
2: It doesn't go down very often there. <laughs> it's just sort of permanently up off my neck.
0: Yeah, I can imagine, wow. It, yeah. So you, you traveled in and out of there and then you decided to move mm-hmm. there. What, what was the decision to move there all about? My boyfriend, who's now my husband. You married a Nigerian man. I did. That is the joke that we were laughing at earlier. <laughs> she literally bumped into Africa. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Repeatedly. <laughs> He's gonna love this one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and now um and we'll talk a little bit about that, uh because I'm curious, but you're you're back in Canada now. Yep. Yeah. And you're you're here with your husband. Yeah. And you guys are looking to live here fr- yeah. from now on.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we're back.
0: And you moved here during the summer.
2: Uh, no, nope, at the end of January.
0: So he got to experience, and, and you're living in Regina. Yeah. The, basically the worst place on earth for cold winters. Yeah. Edmonton
2: uh, plus like 20% more snow.
1: So you just smacked him in the face with that. Well, yeah. you know,
2: they did it to me.
0: So. <laughs> That's just fair, really. <laughs> Revenge fair. is a, is a <laughs> dish best served extremely cold. cold. <laughs> now, I've got, a, I've got a brother who lives in Saskatoon and it, the it's not just the cold and the snow it's the wind is it, it must be windy in regina as well yeah
2: isn't it, i just remember edmonton saskatoon having the same weather is edmonton not as windy
1: it can be there are winters when it is extremely windy and the wind chill is atrocious and I, there are winters where it's kind of a little more mild oh well then if you we can got make, make that of discrepancy
2: then clearly saskatchewan's windier yeah
1: it's i think so windy. we've gotten a lot of snow the last couple winters yeah. too though so this
0: is this is why uh, I don't understand why people are climate change deniers, because the climate has clearly changed. Like, we, we used to get really cold, dry winters, and now we get, like, humid, bone-chilling, snowy yeah. winters. That's the standard now. Yeah. So so what's your husband's name? Lucky. So Lucky. Very Lucky. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, what, what was his... Did he have any deep thoughts about Canadian winters, or...? was was did you prepare him adequately for it?
2: well, we the first time he came to Canada was at the end of October, and so he got snow about a week into that visit,
0: oh really, yeah,
2: so he had and we stayed for about a month, so by the time we left, it was end of November, so he had experienced it. It wasn't full on I think the coldest was minus twenty. that's not full on that's sad, but yeah, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so he he had had a yeah a taste of it, so he was prepared, I guess. And, you know, we just felt, well, if you're going to live here, might as well get the bad stuff <laughs> out of the way first and know what you're getting into.
1: D- was he excited to see snow? Because I can't imagine they get snow all that often in Nigeria. As in ever. ever? Yeah. Because uh, we've had previously on the show Jeremy Lai from Australia. And he has lived in Canada for many years with his wife now. And he's still like a little kid the first time it snows. Like, it's so exciting for huh. him. Because they just don't see much of it down there.
2: Yeah, I'm not so sure the excitement is kicked in yet. Although he's like, it was the the chore was just going outside, but we now talk of snow angels. We made a snowman. That was fun, and dressed it up like an African woman. That was hilarious. That's awesome. Uh, So yeah, we're we're getting there.
0: I imagine I imagine his reaction is much the same as mine. Oh fuck.
2: Pretty much, again. And April, right, where it just, like, went on and on and on oh, I know. again.
0: Over and over. Melt yeah. and then more snow. Yeah. So uh, how did you guys meet?
2: Uh, through a mutual friend. So his friend from undergrad was my colleague during our master's. Oh, okay. Right? So they did their undergrad together in a ta- uh, not town at all, an enormous city called Ibadan in Lagos. Or okay. in Nigeria, sorry, near Lagos. And uh, – then Tunde, our friend, went and did his master's with me in Oxford, and I traveled back with him when we went to do our field work so that I would have some context, right? Stayed with Tunde for a couple of days. Uh, We went to the university where Lucky was doing his master's, where they had done their undergrad, and um, yeah, met him there.
0: The rest is history. The rest
2: is history.
0: That's awesome. It is. So you got to experience Nigeria not just through your colleague, but through your now husband
2: yeah when I first started visiting and then when I moved, I've always worked with Nigerian organizations so I've never um, been an expat as much um, yeah because I obviously my family's Nigerian and then my colleagues are all Nigerian and most white people, with the exception of one of my colleagues, um, come with an oil company or an NGO or a gov- you know as a diplomat or whatever mm-hmm. so I have friends who are British and who are from other places who are white who they don't really leave or in some cases are not allowed to leave certain parts of Lagos. And so their scope is very limited. Yeah, right. so
0: they they experience the, the watered down Nigeria.
1: Yeah. yeah. What were uh, I would actually say more the cleaned up Nigeria than the watered down. Yeah, Nigeria. yeah, I suppose so. The the kind pr- of the friendly face that you would put on for for the wealthy expensive oil tycoons, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's still got to rough edges. But. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but everywhere does, though.
2: But, uh, yeah, they, well, it's a security thing, right, is what it comes down to. So um, diplomats are, and you see this in major cities and sort of typically third world countries, you're only allowed to go to certain places. So Lagos is divided between the mainland and uh, the islands, and they're basically just not allowed to leave the islands.
1: Wow. Were you ever concerned about your safety while you were there?
2: No. No, um, it's a big—it's 18 million people, right? Uh, so you have big city problems. It's a poor city, so you have those issues as well, right? There is, there are, there is crime. There is um, armed robbery. There is
1: Nigerian spam.
2: Nigerian spam, <laughs> yeah. There's that.
1: Does the Nigerian spam in Nigeria come from elsewhere? <laughs> <laughs>
2: No but we got defrauded in Ghana we were so disappointed in ourselves we let our guard down thinking no oh, we know we know how to Get around this. We're all smart, blah blah. blah. We're from Nigeria. <laughs>
0: We've the seen Ghanaians it all. Ghanaians
2: took us, and the Ghanaians are like the Canadians compared to the U.S. So that's like a meek little Canadian taking an American for a ride. Like, <laughs> it's pretty embarrassing. Hey,
0: man, stranger things have happened. It's true. <laughs> I swear to God. So I guess then my, ultimately my question is, what has brought you back to Canada? Because I know you were working in communications in Nigeria. Ultimately, you got yep. a job doing PR, mm-hmm. and. Uh, And we've corresponded a little bit over Facebook over the last few years, but what what brought you to Canada exactly?
2: I think um, as much as I don't feel unsafe in Nigeria, it is a place where unfortunately you, and people in Nigeria will be pissed off at me for saying this, but where you kind of buy your standard of living. So there isn't really, not there isn't really, there isn't a social safety net. Um, Public schools exist, But you do everything to make sure your child doesn't have to go to one, you know, and if they do, they go and, you know, not everyone, it's not the worst thing in the world, but they're not schools like we know to be schools. So if you compare free education there versus free education here, the standard is night and day, right? And to achieve the standard of education that we get here for free, you can be paying university tuition for a six-year-old.
0: Oh my God. Wow.
2: So it was those kinds of things, you know, we're newly married and you're starting to think about healthcare and education and it was either we're going to have to really up our game to, lots of people do it, lots of people raise their kids there, I have friends who are raising kids there, it's not to say it can't be done, but it's a choice, right? And we just felt that I'd lived there for a few years, I was starting to feel that I wanted to be closer to family
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and that other aspect sort of hold us over as well, I think.
0: And is the plan to stay in Saskatchewan, or?
2: I don't know. Uh, for now. I really like my job, and we just got there. So yeah. I don't want to, you know, yeah.
1: Cool. Don't want to keep moving around. Yeah. No. But it, you want to you have some roots. Dig in well, a little bit. Not only that, but I've, I think, um, I mean, so
0: my little brother moved there, I want to say, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's because he was going, he was going to go to school and his wife uh, got a job as a nurse at the Royal University College RUH. Hospital yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, they found even coming from Alberta that their money went a lot further in Saskatchewan which to me hmm. was pretty astonishing like they were they were easy they were it wasn't easy they were more able to to buy a house there than they would have been in Edmonton. Okay. For yeah, example. I believe that. Yeah. Um, and they were just finding like they're very conscientious uh, eaters. So they like to buy, if they eat meat, they buy it from the farmer and, mm-hmm. you know, that they freeze a whole cow kind mm-hmm. of thing. So it was just for them, it was better for that. And I don't know. I, I, I remember making fun of him because Saskatoon, like, mm-hmm. whatever. It's Saskatoon is basically Edmonton.
2: Yep. Just smaller. I've said that for years. And They're the same city.
0: It's wonderful. Yeah. I actually really like it there. I love Saskatoon. The people are super friendly. Um, there's really great pubs and restaurants and I don't know, it's a hell of a place to raise a kid and they have two now, so. There's
2: just no communications jobs in Saskatoon.
0: They're all in Regina. Yeah. Because Regina is a government town. Yeah.
2: So that's kind of the sad part. So I'm in Regina, and I'm trying to tell myself they're the same city. They're not, but we're working on it. <laughs> I'm, I will, I'll figure that one out. Yeah.
1: Here you go. Vote Kosana. Vote Kosana, and she will turn Regina. into <laughs> Saskatoon. So suddenly, suddenly she's running for the mayor. <laughs> no, yeah. She just, I think she just launched her
0: campaign. You right know, now. apparently. I yeah. mean, why not? One of our other cohort <laughs> is the mayor of Edmonton, so that'd be all right. That'd yeah. be okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah just gatewayers slowly Take over taking the over the country. Isn't, that would be ridiculous because well, we, we already
2: had a prime minister. That's
0: true. I mean, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. And we've got the, the just chief justice of the Supreme court. <laughs> yep. Also a gateway. So if you want to explore a career in whatever you want to do and be very <laughs> successful at it, please make sure you go to the U of A and work <laughs> at the
1: gateway. And you will either, you will do one of two things. You will either uh, do great, amazing things <laughs> and aspire to f- fantastic heights or you will end up as a schlub on your parents' couch until you're 50.
0: Yeah.
2: But either way, he will drink a lot of beer. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that will
0: happen, and it will all be big rock beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For whatever reason, that's just a thing. <laughs> now we are at that point in the show, Scott. It, your favorite. Point My the favorite show point was. in the show, and
1: it really, it's only because you made this part of up.
0: Yes. Like in the second episode, and I'll right? we'll give you the whole history after Scott says the fast 50. Yes, so, okay, the Fast 15, I made up, th- on our second episode, we've now done over 100, and it was the... In the f- fact, this would be
1: the centennial Fast 15. Yes, it would be. Oh, oh No, that's not entirely true, because we <laughs> haven't done a Fast 15 on every show. That's true. But technically, it is 100 episodes since you made it up. Yes, that's true.
2: Oh, look at that. And the
1: first time I did it was when we were interviewing Don,
0: when he was a city councilor. And so I was just like, "Well, let's do something interesting at the end." All it is is I'll ask you 15 questions. The first 13 we ask of all our guests, <laughs> and you're, you're supposed to answer them quickly. Uh-huh. And they're really easy. <laughs> and then the last the last two questions are wild card questions that have been tailored to you.
2: Oh God, I always hate quizzes. Anyway, <laughs> it's not. So it's I was like it's five. a pop quiz. It is actually. Yeah, it is clearly a pop quiz. I
0: did not warn her about this.
2: I, yeah, I can go on record saying I've not been one.
0: All right, so here we go. The Fast 15 with Kosana Preston. Number one, your favorite food.
2: Oh, God, I don't know the answer to that one anymore. <laughs> I used to say sushi, so we'll just stick with sushi. Prairie
0: sushi it is. Uh, your favorite color?
2: <laughs> purple, green, yellow?
0: That's three. We will accept <laughs> that is, it. No, nope, that is the specific shade <laughs> yeah, okay. of purple that she's referring <laughs> Okay, <to. laughs> a purple that's green or yellow. Uh, Mac, PC, or Linux?
2: Oh, PC, just because I know it better.
0: <laughs> Dogs or cats? Cats. Coffee or tea? Coffee. What's your favorite holiday? Vacation. Acceptable.
2: <laughs> Traveling. <laughs>
0: What's your favorite sport?
2: Huh. Dancing.
0: Dancing is a sport. It is. And that's the first time everyone has, anyone has ever answered that. Mm. So that's amazing. What about your favorite pastime? Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite music right now? Afrobeat. What about your favorite movie?
2: Hmm. Uh, oh, gosh. Next. <laughs>
1: Skip. <laughs> Kosana does not watch movies.
2: I do, but I can never think of,
1: I don't know. One that recently you saw you really liked.
2: Uh, oh, wait. I do know. What's, uh, 12 Years a Slave.
1: Ooh,
0: nice. Yeah. Favorite video game? The Sims. Ooh. Sim City. So if you could have one superpower, what would it be?
2: That's a hard one. Uh, these are hard questions for me. <laughs> <fast>. <laughs> they,
0: they actually probably are.
2: That's a hard one. I don't know, to do really good things for people. But the, that's really unspecific. The <laughs> gift of
0: altruism. Sure. All right. We'll go is it like heart from Captain Planet? Yeah, it yeah, is. maybe. Yeah. Uh, what about Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Mm.
2: I know. We've always disagreed on this This has been
1: very bad. And there's new Star Wars movies coming for her to be excited
2: about. Well, whatever. I'm kind of just like the original three, and that's it.
1: Totally understandable. And by original three, she means, of course, the prequel trilogy. Right, yeah. Yeah.
2: The original.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Now we're on to the wild card questions. The first wild card question is, for you, what was the best thing about Nigeria? Other than the fact that you met your husband there.
2: Uh, It's fascinating. Yeah. You learn something new every day.
0: Cool. And what about the best thing about Canada?
2: Oh, it, this sounds really stupid, but it's easy. And like, it's just, it's really easy to live your life. And that's cool. Like, it's accessible. It's walkable. It's bikeable. It's easy.
0: That's a great answer. I'd never, ever thought about Canada that way. Yeah. Seriously, Love but, but it. it's probably because you haven't been away for a significant amount of time. No, the longest you don't I get ever... to
1: appreciate what you have the, until you don't have it. The
0: probably. longest I've ever been away from my home is a month, hmm. which is actually kind of ridiculous, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> anyway, that was the fast fifteen with Cassandra. All press.
2: right, thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank yeah, you. it was awesome to
0: have you. Welcome back. Thanks, if only briefly, to Edmonton. To Edmonton. Yeah,
1: yes.
2: Canada slightly more permanently.
1: Uh, Regina's future mayor, Cassandra Preston (laughs) You've been listening to The Unknown Studio Episode 102 Our guest Cassanna Preston Pre-production by Adam Rosenhart Post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois The Unknown Studio is a proud member of the League of Extraordinary Media You can visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca Thanks for listening
0: How come it's not an infinite number of monkeys, at an infinite number of Chromebooks or something? Well,
1: it would be nowadays. Well, I know, but why do we still... The old saying is typewriters. I know. It just hasn't evolved with the death of the typewriter. One day someone's going to say that to
0: like a millennial and they're going to be like, I don't know what that means. What is a a typewriter? What is a
1: typewriter?
0: Something that writes in type? Oh, that makes sense. Hmm. Why not just say Chromebook? (laughs) That's that's how that conversation is going to evolve.
2: There's a writing class I heard on the radio where the writer and teacher is making people come back to typewriters. Really? All assignments must be done on typewriters. Hmm. He feels it That's, forces you to think through the...
1: That would be very difficult in course. the sense that they don't make typewriter writing anymore. <laughs> well,
2: they're getting them donated and stuff. And, oh, but yeah, there's issues around maintenance. and. Over-
0: yeah, no one knows how to maintain a typewriter, right? Like.
2: There's one guy. I can't remember what city. It was, it was Canada. It was on CBC.
0: Sounds like something they do in Ontario.
2: It was like one typewriter repairman shop was like, yes, my business is saved." <laughs> <laughs>